All right. Welcome, everyone, to The Future Belongs to Creators. I am, as always, Miguel. And joining me today is Ben, filling in for uh, Haley and Charlie, who could not be here. So what's going on, Ben? How are you? I am. I'm good. I'm filling in the the shoes of two people, and so let's see. Let's see how it goes. I, d- I don't know how it's going to go, but hopefully it'll go good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it'll go great. If you recognize Ben, he was here once before. Uh, we had him on as a guest, and now he's been upgraded from guest to co-host. So that's that's exciting. I'm moving on up. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, you'll be running this thing, and then they'll kick me out. So that's fine. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, today, um, today's going to get a little meta because we're going to be, we're doing a podcast talking about what is it like to run a podcast? So this is actually kind of fun because this is something that obviously I do every week. And Ben, you've done this a lot. You've done a lot of podcasts. So I have some, a little bit of overlap, but you're kind of like the you're kind of like the the big guns here because you've done this for years. So yeah, yeah, let's like let's go into a little bit of our background. How many episodes have you recorded, Miguel? Um, I think we're right or, close to twenty. I think we're like at eighteen or so, okay, eighteen, cool. nineteen. So you know, getting there. Good, good. No, that's 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 good. I feel like getting over the first ten. I think that you start to like get a little bit more comfortable and and whatnot. At least that's been my experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How about you? What do you do? You have a running tally? If you I've probably, so I've created probably three different podcasts um, over the course of my life and all of them together. I've probably recorded like 200-ish episodes, maybe 210. Um, okay. My biggest podcast was, or most successful one was uh, Shut Up Brain. Uh, you can find it on Spotify and iTunes, <laughs> but <it's>, <laughs> no episodes are currently being cr- uh, cr- created right now, but that has about 130 or so episodes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's one of those things where like the first few episodes, like I would have butterflies in my stomach for like an hour, two hours uh beforehand, just like having kind of like that apprehension. And I'm just like, oh, I don't I don't know about this. But lately it's been a little a little bit easier. That's kind of gone away. Now it's just like the 10 minutes before. So eventually it'll just be, you know, a little less less uh anxiety inducing. But <laughs> yes. So I actually wanted to mention that. Well, first of all, I'd, I would have loved to have an episode like this um, when I was thinking about starting a podcast so I could like kind of get the real scoop on what it's like. But um, there's a pretty big difference from what I've recorded versus what you record, Miguel, is you do this live. Mm. And um, we have like a two minute or something countdown um, until we go live. And I like I don't get nervous for stuff like this, but I was getting nervous like... <laughs> <laughs> Whereas my podcast, um, it was not live, so I could just hit record whenever. And if I screwed up, I could just go back and just start the episode over again, which I had done multiple times. So I think you're mm-hmm. doing this um, podcasting thing on hard mode. So is that something you'd you'd recommend, like doing the live thing? Well, I mean, like anything, I think it's a trade-off. So the the experience that we have is, yeah, it's a little bit scary because anything that's live means that there's no there's little room for error. But I think it's kind of like the it kind of helps us that the personality of this podcast is that it's the conversation and you can't really mess up a conversation. You're just two, two or three people, sometimes four people talking about a topic and just kind of like spitballing together. And you have kind of like a a general direction, but it's okay. Where I feel like with you, your content is very like curated and you like probably do a lot of research and prep for it. And you have like a final product that you're putting out there Mm -hmm. as opposed to just, we're having a conversation with other people and 
oftentimes our audience as well joins in the conversation, which is kind of fun. It's something you can't do with pre-recorded is that people can join in and you can kind of like have a community around it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's actually one of the things that I didn't like about my podcast and that I do really like about YouTube. And this is uh, the Future Bond to Creators is un- unique because it's on YouTube, but it's also in a podcast form. So you can see like live comments as they come in and you can have that conversation back and forth. Whereas when I first started, I mean, the first 30 or so episodes, I didn't get very many downloads and like no one was emailing me. So I was just like, is anyone even listening to this thing? Am I just like creating <laughs> these episodes for like myself here? Um, <laughs> and so um I think it's actually kind of cool that you get that immediate feedback because even if there's just even one person in the audience, like you're talking to that one person, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. And um, yeah, having never really done a podcast or anything like this before, uh, going straight into live was obviously really scary. But I mean, it's it's like anything else, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And um, really, it just, uh, you can kind of put your attention towards, well, what I'm, not, I'm less worried about talking. I can put more, inf- I don't know, more effort into what are we going to talk about? What do we want to touch on? Who do we want to have on? And how do you bring value into the conversation every week or whatever it is you're doing every month, every day? I don't know. But definitely, like anything, the more we do it, the better it's gotten. And I think you've told me this before, is that you said like you will probably suck at podcasting in the beginning, or at least that's how you'll feel. Yeah. Yeah. And and like, everyone sucks. (laughs) Um, Everyone sucks. That's the tagline. (laughs) But I think like one of the things you can do to make it easier is having like a co-host sort of thing. Cause like talking to yourself is a skill. Whereas talking to another person, like hopefully you're already naturally good with that. I was actually kind of curious, like now they have a few episodes under your belt. If you could go back in time to like Miguel before he did any of this and you could like either warn him or get him excited about (laughs) something when it comes to podcasting, like what would you tell past Miguel? Well, I would, I would probably tell, you know, don't worry so much. It's, it's not that bad. And, um, everybody like the audience is very welcoming and the getting to explore topics with people, um, and getting to kind of have cool guests on and pick their brain about stuff. is actually really fun. And especially in like a pandemic world where, I haven't had a whole lot of social interaction. This has kind of been a lot of the times the highlight of my week where I get to like chat with people about something interesting that other people seem interested in too, because I mean, people show up every week and join in on the conversation in the chat, which is super fun. So, but yeah, you're right about that dynamic because when, when Haley and Charlie said they weren't going to be here, I was, I was like, well, I'm going to do a live podcast and just talk to myself. No, this isn't happening. So that's why I'm just like, hey, Ben, what are you doing Wednesday? Because um, definitely a conversation changes with two people, but I really like our dynamic of three people because instead of it being like a tennis match where it's just like back and forth and back and forth, having a third person kind of creates a really cool dynamic where you can kind of have these other two people talking amongst themselves and you can kind of take a step back and be kind of like a spectator in their conversation. And then that kind of gets your mind going and you don't have that pressure of, oh, I have to talk right now or, mm. oh, this person's talking to me. I need to be a good listener. And then you're spending less time worry, uh, thinking about what you're going to say next because you want to be an active listener, but you also want to be prepared because once the ball is in your court, you don't want to have that. You're, you're afraid of that dead silence, especially in a podcast. You don't want more than a second and a half or two seconds of just silence because then it's just 
it gets weird like real quick when it's mm-hmm. quiet. So, although I have a story about that, something that's unique about my podcast is it's like a self help sort of podcast talking about like how to like better yourself and like anxiety and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there'd be times where I'd ask the audience a question and then I would just like be silent for like 30 seconds to 45 seconds, which is a long time. And it's unique because no one else does it. And I've had multiple people write in and say like, wow, I really like those silent parts where I can actually think for a little bit. And so I think the reason I bring that up is, yes, there's some good good practices that all podcasts use, but you can definitely break the rules. Like there's no rules when it comes to like podcasts for the most part. Um, some podcasts like are very clean. Some of them swear a lot. Some um, have like multiple people. Some do it live. Some do it pre-recorded. And so if you're like too much in your head about like this has to be exactly like this podcast I listen to a lot that I really love. It's like, no, it doesn't have to be exactly like that. It can be like your own unique voice and stuff, which is really cool that I think that even though Nathan and Barrett started this podcast, you, Charlie and Haley have made it your own thing. And Mm -hmm. you didn't try and copy exactly what they were doing. You're like, how can we bring our own personality and our own perspective to this uh, project? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I really like that. You know, it's funny that you say that because I'm not a big sort of meditation guy, but I've always been really interested in it. And every once in a while I start thinking, you know, maybe I want to try this again. And it's a habit that I want to build. And I know that you've done a lot with meditation, even even in some of our retreats in the past, you've led meditations for the team at our retreats for for ConvertKit. And um, people always talk about how like great uh, you you are at that. And so uh with something like, uh, what's that, Headspace? Headspace does a lot of that too, where like the guy is talking to you through a meditation and he's like counting for you. And there's, you know, there's there's dead silence sometimes. And uh, there, there's there's some, there's a value in that. And it's, it's just kind of nice because sure, you can always just hit pause on a podcast and create however much silence you want. But if you're trying to get immersed in something like, like, like meditation, you don't want to like, if you're closing your eyes and like trying to think of your breathing, you don't want to be like, hang on a second, let me pause my podcast real quick. All right, where is it? Here we go. Let me unlock my phone, pause. Okay, cool. Let me get back to what I was doing and then hit play again. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just very tedious. Yeah. And actually, well, we'll get off this topic in a second, but I guess this is like super like meta niche, but there's another podcast I listened to called Mysterious Universe, which is all about paranormal stuff like Sasquatch and UFOs and stuff. Sweet. <laughs> but they do something that is, that I was like, I don't understand why they do this. Their podcast is like 45 minutes and they will have at least one break in the podcast where they just play music for like 60 seconds. And when I first heard this, I'm like, why are they doing this? This is like a commercial break, but with no commercials. It's like, I just want to get back to them talking. (laughs) Um, But as I've gotten older, I really like that break in the just the constant flow of information. It gives you a little bit of space in order to process things. And then it is also a natural transition point to whatever the next story is. But anyway, this podcast is supposed to be about (laughs) what it's like to run a podcast. Mm -hmm. So I know one of the main questions a lot of people have is, uh, what about like equipment? It's like, can be pretty expensive. Like I have a microphone here. Uh, You have a mic there and it looks like you have some Mm -hmm. nice headphones and a really cool hat. Do you have to have a cool hat in order to have a podcast? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your um, podcasting setup like? Was it super expensive? Was it difficult to find? Um, so basically, like, for those of you who may not know, uh, it's really just like, 
getting a decent mic, something better than what comes on your laptop or, or whatever your headphones have, and then getting a nice set of, not even that nice, just like have some headphones and have a better mic. Like this microphone, I think was like a hundred bucks. The headphones were like a hundred bucks and then a little boom arm or whatever. Everything is just like, however nice you want to make it, but you have like tabletop mics, so you don't need the boom arm. And, um, the idea is that you don't, want the sound that's coming out of the speakers to go into the mic because then you're hearing everything twice and there's feedback. So that's why we use headphones and stuff in case you didn't know. But other than that, I mean, that's really all you need to get going. Um, Just, you don't even need fancy software or anything like that. How we record the audio for this is I have a MacBook. So we just use, I use QuickTime to record the audio. And then we use, we upload that audio to, to do the podcast that way. So that way it's not like, grainy audio. I know sometimes if, if, for those of you who listen to podcasts, they might have a guest on that you can tell that maybe they don't do podcasts that often. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they're like on a telephone or something like that. It's, <laughs> it sounds really bad. Like they're inside a tin can. So it's not always the best, especially if the entire thing is an audio experience. You want the experience of the listener to not be like, "Ugh, can this person stop talking because it's just so bad. So you want it to sound good and sound smooth and it, it, you can achieve that relatively inexpensively. Yeah. So it sounds like, um, you probably spent like about 100, 150 bucks for your whole setup. I had a similar price for this thing. I think the mic arm was like 50 bucks and the mic itself was like 120. Uh, and if you compare that to starting a YouTube channel, like I have a really cheap camera, um, which is a Canon M50 and a lens and then a mic that goes on top of it. And then a, um, what is that thing called? Like the tripod, like Mm -hmm. my whole setup is like 800 ish dollars or $900. And that's cheap for YouTube. So if you compare that 150 for a podcast versus 800, 900 for (laughs) YouTube and yeah, you can do things on your phone and you can record a podcast on your phone too. I have a a friend that records his podcast on his phone. He just goes out into the forest and he talks on his phone and then he uploads that later. (laughs) So it's, uh, cost should not be an issue, I think with this. So if cost isn't an issue, what what is probably your would be your biggest barrier starting a podcast? If you were going to start another podcast, perhaps Miguel. So for me, if I was going to do a podcast, I mean, first of all, I think podcast is the way I would go, just because it's easy to get into, and um, they're really you you can kind of do whatever you want, and um, there's not a whole lot of editing as well. Like I feel like with yeah. video, you have to do. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that you can do, and there's a lot of like graphics and things that you can do with the picture quality and you can get real nitty gritty into that stuff. And, um, there's a lot of competition for videos to watch. YouTube is enormous and capturing people's attention, I think is something you have to do, uh, with, with video more than audio. I feel like audio is a little bit better because you can kind of read a podcast description and be like, okay, this sounds kind of cool. They're going to talk about things that I'm already interested in. I'll do this while I go for, go walk my dog, or I'll Mm -hmm. do this while I, you know, go do something else. And it's something that you can do while doing something else with video. You have to be parked in front of your computer or in front of your phone. And you have to kind of stop everything else you're doing for this. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I like uh, the podcast medium for that sense. I watch far less YouTube than I listen to podcasts and that, but that's just me because I'm always doing something else. I, I do woodworking. So instead of listening to my power tools and destroying my eardrums, I just put headphones in and listen to podcasts while I'm building stuff. Well, 
I, I also think that that's a really good point if you're like a creator and maybe have a business too. I think that like you were just saying with that example, like, oh, I'm going to put in my podcast and then go do woodworking or go for a walk. You're kind of committed to at least walk, like listen for five minutes, like, you know, unless it gets really boring. With YouTube videos, people click off like within seconds if it's not entertaining the entire time. And so because of that, it's a really good way to build connection with your audience and get people to know, like, and trust you. So if you are selling something, like podcasts are like one of the best ways to go because a person will be with you for like 30 minutes if your podcast is 30 minutes long or an hour. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most people listen to the entire podcast, which is, uh, I think, pretty cool. Yeah. One thing here, uh, Melanie said that she often plays videos while doing other things too, which is Mm. valid. I mean, I think I do that too. Sometimes when I'm cooking, I'll pop in like a TV show or something like that, or maybe a YouTube video and just kind of like casually watch it slash listen to it while I do something else. So that's true. That's a fair point. So Ben, since you've done a lot lot more podcasts than me, and yours is always mostly a solo cast, right? Yeah. Just by yourself. But mm-hmm. sometimes you you you're, you do something with a colleague or something like that. So having had like kind of like that experience with a recorded podcast, what, what's do you have any sort of advice about doing a a pre recorded podcast where sometimes you have people on, sometimes you're by yourself? It's really just kind of what whatever set of problems you want to have. Like if you're doing a solo cast, your set of problems is you have to get good at talking to yourself and also get good at getting rid of the ums and uhs, which typically happens more in a solo cast. But if you're to do a conversational thing with another person or maybe two other people like you are, you have the problems of dealing with the technical hurdles. Um, I remember I had been doing about 60 or so episodes just solo myself. And I was like, I want to have a guest on. And so I had my guest on. It was a friend I knew. And we had this great conversation And then as I was editing together the audio, there was some weird audio artifact that kept looping every second. It was like a tick, tick, tick. And I had to scrap the whole interview. And like ever since that happened, I was super hesitant to do any more like guests on because I I felt really bad. Like, (laughs) so, so it's like whatever set of problems you want, but there is more softwares out there that make collaborating with people easier. Like what, I guess we're using StreamYard is what we're doing this on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, um, there's a few other ones that are out there. Uh, I can look at my my tools real quick. Uh, like Zencaster, I think I used that for a while and um, that just can help with collaboration and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that really stinks, man. Cause you know, you, especially we've, We've kind of had a similar issue here where like we've had great conversations or we had a podcast with some guests and then there was like an audio snafu or something like that. And we had to kind of like rip the audio from the YouTube streaming. So like we have like the YouTube, we kind of like basically we took the, we download the video from YouTube and then like scrape the audio from that. So then you have like two people that have nice audio and then that person that has that kind of like eh, not so great audio mm-hmm. and it's distracting, especially when it's like, we're doing that for the audio medium. Yeah. It can be such a bummer, especially when with you, you probably, like you said, you had a great conversation, probably some real spontaneous things that's like impossible to recreate. And then what are you going to do? Tell that person, Hey, can we do this all over again? Probably not. Yeah. Then you're like trying to like recreate a conversation you already had and tell the same jokes you've already told. (laughs) So it's just like, (laughs) this is terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as far as like skills that you would say that you would need 
that you need to work on to become a better podcaster. We talked about, you know, getting rid of the ums and and the way that you talk. Speaking about that, one of the really great pieces of advice that I've gotten in the past is as much as you hate listening to yourself talk, listen to your previous episodes and take notes about what your speech patterns are, how many times you're saying uh or like, or one of the things that people like to say is, what's what's that one? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Just th- like filler, filler <laughs> phrases that people use. Oh, oh, that's it. I don't know. People say oh, like, oh, yeah. oh, I don't know. Uh, oh. <laughs> you know, or, you know, is another one. People say, yeah. you know, a lot. Yeah. You know, like, you know, and it get, that gets tiring to a listener. So there's that. One tip for that is also listen to yourself like a week later, because I've noticed that like I'll record an episode and if I edit it, like right after I record it, then um, one, I'm bored because like I've already, I just spoke this thing. <laughs> and so I'm not like super paying attention, but two, I usually think like, oh, this thing is like, okay, that's, that's like, it's decent. And then over the next couple of days, sometimes I'll think, oh man, that episode was terrible. Like, like I don't even want to upload it because it was so bad. But then if you listen to it like a week later, at least this has happened for me, I go, wow, I have some like really solid gold like, nuggets in here, which you just get a new perspective if you just have a little bit of distance. And so you might discover like, yeah, you really like the episode or you might discover the opposite. Like, oh, wow, I thought it was great, but like I could definitely improve here and there. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that because this episode that we're doing now live today drops next week for mm-hmm. our for our podcast listeners. So oftentimes it pops up in my feed and I'll be walking my dog and I'll think, okay, oh yeah, that conversation I had last week, let me listen to that. And I'll be more interested in it. And it's so much has happened in the last week that I'll kind of forget about half the things we talked about. So it's kind of newish to me and I'm paying attention more because I've listened to something right afterwards and you're right, it's just not great. So you're just not paying attention to yourself. One question that uh, I'll pop it up here. Teddy was asking, how important are show notes? You just, you just read my mind. I was like trying to figure out how to mute myself so I could type, like, I want to answer Teddy question, but then like, it was just <laughs> getting weird. <laughs> All right. Well, Teddy, Ben wants to answer your question. Yeah. So I wanted to share my experience with this is I used to have all of my show notes have a very specific URL on my website. So it was really easy to get to. It was like my website slash 024 for episode 24. Mm -hmm. And I would mention it in the show and I would include links and everything like this. And um, I was like, okay, people won't click or people might not go to this um, very much at first, but it'll be like a good long-term play. And what I discovered, at least for me, is it was not worth it. Like eventually like creating those show notes was so burdensome for me. Like it was like an extra like 30 minutes after I was done recording, I would have to get all my sources together I would have to like edit like because I didn't want to just paste my own personal notes to there. So I'd have to edit my personal notes so like uh, someone just going to the page would understand it. So I just stopped doing it (laughs) and I did not notice a big difference in my downloads at all. And I didn't really have anyone complain. I did have people in the past that said they did like the show notes, but yeah, no one complained when they were gone. So I, I think that if you want to do them, they can be okay. But I think it's going to like maybe increase your traffic by five or 10% if that, at least that's my, been my experience. Yeah, I can only imagine that with something like that is if for some reason you were ever to change something or the links might eventually at some point break 
or you know what I mean? And then the show notes are kind of not useful anymore or sort of things that are beyond your control if you reference a URL to some place that doesn't exist anymore, you know, stuff like that. It's just kind of a bummer. But well, although one thing I did think about doing, because one of my strategies is like, oh, I want my show notes to eventually rate rank on Google for certain things. Like if I had a show titled um, how to use meditation to reduce anxiety, like I wanted to be able to rank for that and maybe my show notes could and then people could discover my podcast that way. Mm. That never happened. But what I think might be a cool way of doing it is writing an entire article about the show, make it like completely standalone and then having like an audio player in the in the article. I never did that because I'm not much of a blogger and it's kind of a lot of work, but that was just one idea I had and someone can steal that and run with, with it if they want. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking about that too, is like with with ConvertKit, obviously you can host a free landing page and mm-hmm. you can you can do stuff like that. You could potentially create a landing page for a specific episode if you wanted to kind of, if you felt like this was like your flagship episode or something you really wanted to highlight that kind of like encompasses what you're doing or it's like a very broad thing, like a, I don't know, like an introduction to some of the more nitty gritty things that you're doing. You could, you know, make a a simple landing page, which is like a, a one page website essentially, where you could collect people's information. It's like, hey, this is a podcast episode I did. You can embed the player right there or YouTube. You can embed that right there or whatever it is. And then if people like the video, they're already on that page. You can collect emails and stuff like that. And maybe you can gauge interest that way and market to those people. And Yeah, that's a, that's a cool idea. I think that's a much better idea than show notes, to be honest. Um, like I did that a little bit with, with my show where I would buy specific URLs. Like I think I bought one like, 10daychallenge.com or something. I can't remember what I, what it was, but I was like, mentioned that and it would lead to a landing page. Um, and I think having someone sign up and then putting them into like an automated email sequence, I think that's much more valuable to you and also to them than um, just sending them to some random show notes. Yeah, because that's also something that even though it's recorded and it's in the past now, you can always change that page after the oh, fact. Yeah. So you can iterate and do things differently. And that old episode may still be leading traffic to a page that you're constantly tweaking, changing. Maybe like you said, uh, part, part of an email sequence that, or, or something like that, that you could eventually use to your advantage. So mm-hmm. definitely, that's cool. Is there anything else that um, maybe was surprising to you when you like started podcasting and now that like you have a little bit of experience with it, like that you didn't expect to happen that has happened? It's actually a lot easier than I thought it would be, um, surprisingly, hmm. you know, because when you don't know what you don't know, uh, you just, your imagination runs wild and says like, you start coming up with reasons why it's hard, you know, oh, I don't have a microphone. I don't have this. I've never podcasted before. I've never streamed before. I've never recorded audio on my computer before. And these are all things that are, the, the bar, the barrier to entry is pretty low. Luckily, we live in a day and age where there's literally YouTube video on how-tos for everything. So anything you don't know can become something you do know real quick. And repetition makes things easier. Eventually, you just become good at it. And uh, it's not that difficult. Uh, And your stage fright goes away and uh, you get more confident in what you're doing. And um, 
well, luckily with this show, we kind of have a little bit of an audience when we record. So there's always that kind of like element of surprise, which is always makes it fun. Mm -hmm. Someone might always ask a question that you never thought of. And you're like, oh, I'm so glad that somebody brought this up. Or mm -hmm. we've had people that have asked questions in the past that have become an entire topic for a future episode because it was such a good question or it touched on something that was so important and we just didn't have time to really get into it. So yeah, um, that's been pretty cool. Yeah. I, in fact, if I were to give some unsolicited advice to anyone like watching or listening to this, it would be to really consider doing a live stream podcast like this. Um, I think that they're, the advantages are so much better than some of the difficulties that you have to deal with. Like, yeah, you have to figure out how to stream. Yeah, you are doing it live. So there could be some mistakes. But I think being able to interact with people, even just a couple people at first, um, gives you such a huge advantage. And also you don't, you're not so much in your head about, oh, should I publish this or not? It's like, well, it's already published because it's live. Um, so I think <laughs> there's a lot of advantages to that. A lot of people probably think, and this is probably what I would think, is if I start doing a podcast, it's live, and there's literally nobody in the audience, and I'm sitting here just talking to a giant empty room, it's like, is that insane? Is that crazy that I'm just like... <laughs> yes, it is. You're unstable mentally. <laughs> <laughs> but just imagine what that's like in real life. Like if I just like walked into a room and stepped up to a podium and there was just a sea of chairs and there wasn't anybody in those chairs and I'm just talking. Mm -hmm. Like, is this an exercise in futility? Like, am I just literally speaking to an empty room? It's like, yes, you are. But if you reframe that idea into, well, what if what I'm doing here is practicing and honing something and somebody walks into the room in the middle of my speech, then that's really invigorating. And you know, that, that, that one person's here and they might leave or they might sit down, but you don't know, mm -hmm. but it's not a useless task. It's, it's you getting used to speaking and maybe later on listening to the way that you speak and becoming a better speaker and, uh, getting better at coming up with topics to talk about, because that's something that I want to talk about in a little bit is choosing topics, but yeah, just, just being able to do it and hone it. And I think has a lot of value in of itself. It's not really about the audience at first. It's about you. I think there's a lot of also freedom in not having an audience. Um, because once you have start having a bigger audience, you start getting like, oh, I can't do this experimental thing because my audience might not like it. Like you could totally start a podcast and start about one topic and then decide you don't want to talk about that anymore. And you can talk about something else completely. And if you don't have an audience, it doesn't matter. Like, I think that's <laughs> the time to experiment and figure out what you like talking about, how you like talking about it. I think it gives you a lot of freedom that having a larger audience can make you scared to branch out a little bit. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. And uh, one last thing I wanted to bring up, which I just mentioned before we go, is coming up with topics. Mm -hmm. This is something that sometimes I've struggled with because, you know, you have that pressure of, well, I want to talk about some, first of all, I want to choose something that we can talk at length about for at least 30 odd minutes, mm -hmm. 30, 45 minutes, which is kind of like what, what our target is with this podcast. But, uh, you know, you don't want to come up with a topic and you kind of like how to, some, cause sometimes you like, do I do a how to, do people want to learn how to do something? Do we just want to talk about a topic and kind of like explore it and see where we go in the past? We've 
I've uh, done articles that talked about something about the creator economy, and it was like a thought-provoking article that maybe had an opinion that was controversial, and we kind of had a controversial co uh, conversation. But you never want to do something where it's just like a simple question that you can, you don't want to answer in the first five minutes and then just beat it to death for 20 minutes, you know? Because mm -hmm. that's not fun for anybody involved. The people talking, the people listening, nothing. So you're really, really good at this because when we were trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about today, Ben, you out of the gate came out with like so many episode ideas and you show me before that you have like this doc, this like Google doc or whatever of all the episode ideas that you haven't filmed yet for your podcast. Yeah. Can I and share my was, screen? Is that possible? Is there a share button down there? You can try. I'm going to try. Um, so sharing screen with two monitors. This is a bonus for our video audience, not so much for our podcast audience. Okay. Um, so this is workflowy. It's just like an easy list thing. I just want to show you this, like content ideas and like, <laughs> look at this guy. Look at this. For our audio the, listeners, he's scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. The bold ones are ones that I think like, oh, that's a good idea. And this is just, yeah. So it's, uh, <laughs> that's what I, I like to do is, um, I come up with ideas and I just put them in a list and you just start thinking of ideas all the time. And that way, whenever you don't have something to come up with, you just like go to the list and you can come up with something super easy. And some advice I would give if someone wants to get better at coming up with ideas is read about copywriting, which is like how to write for advertisements and stuff like that. There's a really great book called Tested Advertising Methods. I think it was written in the like the 40s or 50s, something like that, like in the Mad Men days. <laughs> and it is uh, a great book at helping you understand copywriting and it gets you really clear about writing titles and stuff. All the examples I use are from like old school, <laughs> um, like Clorox <laughs> bleach and like, like old, old brands, but um, it totally applies to today's uh, modern stuff too, because people don't change very much. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it's just psychology and how things present themselves when you read and what it makes people feel or think or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's insane, man. I love that idea of, you know, just if you're, you know, when you're sitting in front of a typewriter and you're like, I have to write something good, you're probably not going to. But if you feel inspired or you have an idea and you write it down and then you come back to it later and then you highlight the ones that you think are extra good or you can expand on them, change them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I need to start doing that because I, I feel like I get to the point where I put too much pressure on myself to come up with something good. And nothing good comes out. So yeah, and that's why the, I like the list too, is because you can come back to it. And my test is, if that was a YouTube video, would I click on it? Mm. That's like if I can say, oh yeah, I would definitely want to know more about that. That's what um, usually end up becoming episodes because there's a lot of ideas I have that I think are really good, but when I come back to them later, I'm like, this is either confusing or it, it's a bad idea or I, I don't even know. It's not intriguing in some way. So yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, I think I think we're kind of getting to the end here. So uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, participating in our chat. And uh, it's always great to have been on the podcast. Hopefully it won't be the last time. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, yeah, it was great. We'll see everybody next week. But uh, in the meantime, have a great rest of your week. And uh, we'll see you later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe so that new episodes appear in your podcast feed every week. 
And while you're at it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. If you want to join us live for the next recording, you'll find us on ConvertKit's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash ConvertKit every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern. This show, like everything we do at ConvertKit, is made for creators by creators. We're on a mission to help creators like you earn a living online, and we make software that helps you build and connect with an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. So to start building your audience, go to convertkit.com slash free and create a free account. We're looking forward to helping you on your creator journey.